great to, to worship together and uh, to just hang out. Uh, this morning, I got up really early, drove up to the top of Mount Lemmon because it's cool there. I don't know if you know that. It was 37 degrees. Can we just enjoy that for a quick second? Okay. Um, our youth are up there uh, right now. We've got about 15, 16 youth, uh, middle school, high schoolers up there right now and, and got to pop in them, drop my daughter off. And, and it was just, it was super awesome just to see them. They're getting ready to dive into some lessons and have a lot of fun hiking and hanging out and they'll be back tomorrow. So just pray for them as you think about it because that's actually ties into this whole series and what we want to spend the next three weeks kind of looking at. And then, and I'm just going to preface this with, I know half of you in this room are like, what? We're going to talk about parenting? Yuck. I get it. I get it. And maybe you're saying that because you're sitting in a row with your parents, and you're like, oh, this is going to be awkward. Or you're sitting here, and you're like, I don't have kids. I don't want no kids. I don't, like, I'm a long way away from kids, okay? And I'm going to tell you something. Enjoy that season, okay? Because once you start, it's like Pringles. Once you pop, you don't stop, okay? It's like, it's just... It just goes, <laughs> and, it's just, and, and there's no way of getting around, it, and you can't get away from it, and it's just, it's awesome, I'm going to tell you, uh, but enjoy your season. So uh, part of this deal is um, what I want to look at this week, and then Kimberly next week, and then I'll wrap it up here in, in three weeks on Thanksgiving, but just some wisdom, some insight that will help either your future parenting, your current parenting, or for some of you, you've got nieces and nephews, and you just care about the next generation. And so we want to, there'll be a little bit of tips in here, but it's really kind of looking through a relational lens. And so with that, I want to start reading what Paul writes about families here in Ephesians chapter 6. It's just a couple of verses. We're going to look through one, about halfway through the sermon, we'll look through one in a little more uh, detail. But here's kind of what he says. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Meaning this is the first commandment that comes with a promise. Like if you honor your mother and father, things will go well with you. You're going to actually enjoy life and have life, okay? Verse 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and in the instruction of the Lord. So we'll come back to that. Um, Parenting, if I were to put it in three words, is this. Parenting's tough. Long pause. Really thought there'd be more amens there um, from more of the parents. How many of you are parents? Okay, so a lot of you. Um, how many of you have nieces and nephews? So you, you have the next generation that you, you care about. Uh, think about the roles of parents, okay? As a parent, you are a chef, chauffeur, coach, project manager, referee, tutor, construction foreman, personal assistant, guidance counselor, maid, financial advisor, more importantly, banker, uh, therapist, nurse practitioner, lawyer, instructor, mediator, activities coordinator, and spiritual advisor, to name a few. No wonder you're tired at night, right? That when you go to bed, you're like, I'm exhausted, Um, and, and I don't even know what I did today. 
but you like you parented and, and you're trying to keep him alive and you're trying to keep him going and you're trying to to make a difference in things there's so many feelings i remember when taylor our oldest so I, i've got three kids amy and i uh taylor is 21 getting ready to graduate college in six weeks that's like weird so flashback this week was this i remember driving home from the hospital when he fit in a car seat and I put him on the floor in our first little house that had only one door in our whole house. It was the bathroom door, which was nice. Um, all other doors didn't exist. It was like an old preschool that we turned into a house. It was weird. Um, but I remember putting him down in the car seat and he just looked up at me. And I remember this feeling as a dad. Now what? Ooh. I remember being so in love that I would do anything for him. Anything, still do. At 21, I'd do anything. I remember feeling so overwhelmed. I, I don't know if you're a parent that can relate to that, of just, like, what, what do you do? Like, there's no manual, there's no, like, I mean, there's people you call, like your parents, <laughs> and like, what'd you guys do? How'd, how'd I make it? I'm still alive. How'd, how'd you do that? Um, like, there's so many questions. There's a billion questions circling through your mind. So much stuff. Now, the goal of this series is not to give you tips and tricks and say, hey, here's the best ways to do things. Well, there'll be maybe a few in here sprinkled throughout. But I, what I want us to see, whether it's a future parent, current parent, or just want to invest in the next generation, I want you to think of this investing through a relational lens. Because here's what we know. Relationships matter. And when you get into your 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, what you learn in life, and, and I think what we could all attest to, is that it's the relationships that bring the richness and the beauty to life. Activities and experiences, those are nice, and they're necessary, and they're important, but, but nothing takes the place of relationships and why that matters. And so we want to help people and help kids become relationally rich. This idea of, oh, sorry, my iPad is malfunctioning here. Um, we want to help them become relationally rich, not just experientially rich. Uh, there's a default in our culture sometimes to want to, to take and, and tack on so many experiences for kids because either out of default of, hey, I didn't get to have those experiences as a kid, and so I want my kids to have those experiences, or I got to have those as a kid, and I want my kids to experience those same things. And that's beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's a good thing. But sometimes uh, I've seen it with younger parents that um, sometimes you give a lot of experiences because the, the reality is you're still working on you. And there's still a lot of things going on in you that you're trying to process through and imagine and go through and figure out. But the task for us is how do we raise the next generation to be relationally rich. And so we wanna ask and kind of build around three key questions. What am I doing to enhance my relationship with my child? Or you can fill in there, okay, my future child, or my nieces and nephews, my next generation now. What am I doing to enhance that relationship? And then what am I doing to advance their relationship with God? We want them to have a good relationship with you. We want them to have a good relationship with God. That's what we'll look at next week, and Kimberly will kind of unpack that. And then we wanna come back and look at how do we 
how do we leverage their relationship with others? How do we influence their relationship with others that it might be a good thing for them and also an investment that they can make into their friends and their peers that are around them and that they can have godly influence there? If you narrow down parenting to, well, hey, everyone is eating and living indoors, well, that's a shallow view of parenting. And I will stop right here and and just say that I know some of you more than likely may have grown up in a scenario where that was parenting in a way. Well, you're living and you're eating and you're living indoors, and so it must be good. And the reality is you're still trying to process through some of the wounds and hurts and damage that that did to you. And I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that maybe you had good experiences, but relationally you didn't grow up rich in that. And so maybe somewhere in here there's some whispers of wisdom that will help you as you pass on to the next generation. As parents, we need to monitor the maturity and health of our children's relationships, not just provide and manufacture more experiences. That's our role. And that's your future role, or that could be your current side-by-side role as an uncle or as, a, as an aunt to the people that you care about and invest in. Now, listen, um, some of you, I want you to think back to your parents, the people who raised you. I want you to think of one or two really, really good things that blessed you, just how they were, how they interacted, what they did for you. I bet you can think of one or two pretty quick off the top of your head, what you admire about them, Right? If I were to ask you the opposite question, what were some of the things that you wish were different, that, that you wish maybe as you were being raised in that were, were different or a little, bit, um, a little bit better? I bet you can think of several of those. Because that's what you talk about when you sit down with your friends and you talk about parenting, you talk about your parents, you end up talking about those things that you wish you had better of or things that lacked or things that you seemed off or missed. And here's the great reminder for us all. One day, our parents or our kids will grow up and they will talk to their friends and they will talk about you and they will talk about me. And they will talk about what we invested or what we didn't. Why? Because how many of you have talked about your parents to your friends? Three of you. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> you, we've all done it, right? There's the family stories. I remember oh, my dad used to order like 10 tons of rock in July in Tucson. And he would have us move it. To the back, from the front yard to the backyard. And I was like, this is so dumb. I still think it's dumb. But he had other lessons that he was trying to drill in. I didn't like those lessons in July in Tucson. But he had other thoughts that he was trying to get across, and we talk about them. And so what am I doing to enhance my relationship with my kids? That's what we want to see. We want to look at this idea of trying to say, how do we help... Um, how do we help our kids grow in our experiences and give them opportunities, but also help them see things from a better angle, help them grow relationally rich? What am I doing to enhance my relationship with them? And what am I doing to advance the relationship with God? What am I doing to leverage the relationship with other people? So as we do that, um, I want us to look at 
a couple key things. There's no way in a room like this, from people who have preschoolers to elementary age to high school to college to none at all, to say, here's exactly what you do. But I want to give you a couple reasons to stay relationally engaged or to go about trying to re-engage into building the relationship with your team. And it's, one is this. The quality of your relationship with your child or with your children will determine the weight of influence you have in their life. Here's the number one tip, number one takeaway from tonight if you're a parent, future parent. You must maintain influence. It's the best seat in the house. It's what you want. Influence. You know this with your parents now. Maybe you had a poor example as a, of a mom and dad, and if they were to call you up right now or call you up tomorrow on your day off, Veterans Day, and they would offer you wisdom and insight to life, you wouldn't take it no matter how wise or sound it was. Why? No relationship equals no influence. That's the reality, right? But if you have great relationship with your parents and you're blessed with that, they were to call you up and offer you some wisdom and some insight, not trying to direct you or control you, but just to kind of speak into your life, you would listen. At least you would heed it and you would think about it. You'd mull it over a little bit. Why? Because you have a good relationship. Your relationship with your kids matters. As grandparents, as parents, it's about staying in the seat of influence. Listen, that is different than the seat of control. Vastly different. This isn't about controlling. This is about maintaining influence. So I got three chairs up here, right? This is our old antique high chair that I'm not sure my wife actually knows I have here. But... I remember occasionally before we got the cool high chair, uh, Taylor a little bit older in life, not right away because his head was too wobbly, but uh, we would put him in here. We would tie a scarf around this to actually like a seatbelt um, because it's just wood and he'd fall right out if we did that. But I, re I remember this is the phase where Okay, crying, crawling, walking, beginning to babble, beginning to have little conversations. This is up to like two or three or four age, right? There's a lot of things going on, a lot of growth, a lot of development happening here. There's a lot of sleepless nights for parents. Um, if you're going to be a future parent, I'm just telling you, sleep all the time right now. Just get every ounce of sleep you can get because sleep deprivation is real deal, I'm telling you. It's one of the hardest things, I think, of parenting. It's just dealing with that and trying to get past that and helping each other get naps just to make it. Um, but here, you have influence because of your size and your position. You're bigger. I'm bigger, I'm dad. I'm bigger, I'm mom. You're going to do what I say. I have the position of mom or dad. So size and position give you influence here. And then you have the dining room chair, right? This is when your kids are kind of a little bit older, elementary. They're beginning to, to age a little bit more. They're beginning to ask some deeper questions. You've gone from the why after every single answer. Why, 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 why? Um, I don't miss that. To 
what? What about this? What about that? What about this? And they begin to ask some bigger questions in life. And they're, they're moving up to the dining room chair. They have a little bit more responsibility. Maybe you've got a chore chart and they're doing stuff and they're earning maybe an allowance or things are going. And it's actually really beautiful what's happening here. And you listen, you still have influence here because of your size and because of your position. You still have more resources. Your wallet is thicker. You still have position as a parent. You're still, they're still under your roof. And so you have influence here. But are you seeing the progression? Because here, you're pulling up, and this is a 280Z, and they're saying, Dad, can I have the keys? I'm going to take a spin. And off they go. And here, they're beginning to ask much bigger questions. Where do I go to school? What should I do with my life? Who should I even think about dating? Who who should I marry? Like, we're getting ready to have kids. When can you babysit? Those are great questions. They're big, big, life-changing questions. And listen, you don't have influence because of your size and your position anymore. You may still have a deeper wallet, and you may still have some clutches if they're still living at home. But do you see the transition? And if you have not said, I'm going to work on the quality of my relationship with my kids, if you've just operated, I'm bigger and I'm dad, and that's how you have operated the whole way through, then, friend, you are losing influence. My dad doesn't pick me up and put me in the car anymore. Though I I bet he would tell you he could still do it. My dad has great influence in my life, not because of his size or position, or he's bigger and he's dad. He has great influence in my life because he invested really, really well through those stages and through the ages and the pattern and how you go through that. And it's really, really important for you as a parent to understand that or a future parent, to know that, to actually picture this in your mind and say, okay, I've got to work on the quality of my relationship. That doesn't mean that I never discipline, because discipline is a godly thing. And that doesn't mean that we don't push back on some things. It just means that the days of I'm bigger and I'm dad or I'm bigger and I'm mom fade over time. Size and position won't last. What you want is influence. And building a relationship is just flat-out difficult. It takes a lot of investment. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. A good relationship where influence remains, that's where you want to be. So however you and God go on that journey to live and lead that way, that's what you want most of all, is to have that influence to not struggle, um, oftentimes you can build a relationship uh, by being around someone. Or you can build a relationship with being with someone, right? There's a difference in depth. And I know for some of you, uh, you probably grew up in a house where it was I'm bigger and I'm dad and I'm bigger and I'm mom. And that maintained the whole way through. And I'm sorry. I, I know the loss of that potential quality in your relationship is hindered. And I'm sorry for that. I I wish it was different. My encouragement to you is don't repeat the pattern. 
then change up the scenario for yourself and for your family and for future generations. You have the, the opportunity to do such. And so seize that opportunity to say, we're going to maintain this. Now, we looked at uh, in Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, meaning don't stir them up to wrath or unjust irritation. That's what that word means. But push them to the point, or don't push them to the point of crushing their spirit. I, I remember there was a time we were setting the table and... Uh, my first daughter, Riley. So, middle child. She's helping set the table. And I remember as a dad, <clears throat> I grew up a kind of a perf perfectionist, and I remember the table wasn't set right, um, and the knife was on the wrong side, and the fork was on top of the plate, and, and I remember the frustration of my day and I let it boil over, and I just didn't yell, but I didn't acknowledge the effort. I acknowledged the failure in my eyes. And I remember her little eyes welling up with tears, um, and I remember my eyes beginning to well up in tears, and I remember the Holy Spirit saying, you dummy. And I had to make that right. That's one tiny example. There are hundreds of others. Because I'm not perfect. But it's in those moments where you don't want to crush the spirit. Now, can you teach and empower to, to, to do it a different way? And Yeah, you can do that. This isn't about correcting, but you know the difference between correcting and to encourage and correcting to, to take the spirit away from somebody. You felt it before. That's what it's saying. Fathers, don't do that. Parents, don't do that. Instead, you're to nurture them. You're to ektrefo. That's the Greek word, ektrefo. It's a fun word to say, ektrefo. Two occurrences in the New Testament. It's to nourish or to bring up. It's used elsewhere where God is nourishing and bringing up his church, empowering them, inspiring them, encouraging them. Paul's saying, look, don't grade yourself on the win that you made them do exactly what you wanted. Grade yourself on the depth and health of the relationship. Maintain influence as a parent. Our job is to bring them up in the Lord. And we'll look more at that next week. But this idea of being right and being able to say, I told you so, doesn't equal influence. What that really equals is irritation. Because you, you felt it before. You've been on the receiving end of that. So build into the quality of your relationship. The second one is this. Your relationship with your children will impact the quality of every other one of their future relationships. Why? Because you're investing relation. You are the greatest investment in your kids relationally, period. No one else is even close second. And so that's why this matters, that you would invest in them well. You want them, this is what we know to be true. Emotionally healthy people have healthy relationships, Emotionally unhealthy people struggle to have healthy relationships. How many of you have people at work where you go, yep, that's true, right? Emotionally healthy people can have healthy relationships. You want to help develop healthy relationships at home. This is why I started dating my daughters when they were one. Why? 
because I want them to have high expectations of how they're to be treated. And so our little McDonald's dates and play dates, that mattered to me. Because I want them at 16, 17, 18, 19 years old to come home from a bad experience with someone and go, that guy's a jerk. And I'm like, yeah, don't do that again. I want them to have high expectations. I want my son to see, here's how you treat a woman. How I model that at home. Am I perfect in that? No, but I want him to learn. This is how you treat your wife. This is how you inspire her. This is how you pray for her. This is how you are for her in life. And when you mess up, this is how you own that. And I want them to learn and grow in that. To focus, the focus of this series is not so much about tips and tricks. It's about healthy relationships. But I do want to give you one thing. Maybe something to help you remember. Uh, Every child needs to eat. That's how I remember it. Every child needs to eat. They need encouragement, acceptance, and time. They need encouragement poured into them all the time. Why? Because we live in a world that's filled with discouragement. When so many obstacles that come your way come our way, Hebrews 3.13 says this, encourage one another daily. Hebrews 10.25, let us encourage one another all the more. Pour encouragement into. Does that mean they get a trophy with everything that they participate in? No. Okay, let's just stop that in sports. Um, You don't need a trophy for every single thing. But... This means I'm encouraged. I'm going to be the biggest encouragement in your life. As a parent, I want to think that way. I want to pour that into them. Why? Because God's pouring that into me. God's pouring encouragement into me. I want them to know that they're accepted because of their position, not their performance. This is Jesus at his baptism, right? God the Father says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased and love. Has Jesus even started his ministry yet? Nope. It's not about performance. It's about position. You're my kid. You're mine. Therefore, you're loved and you're accepted. Does that mean I approve of every decision you make? No. Approval and acceptance are two different things, folks. But this means you're mine and you matter to me. And I will do anything. One of the things I would used to say to my kids, and I've mentioned a couple different times, is I would always tell them growing up uh, two different things. One was, hey, if all the four-year-olds were lined up in the whole world, and I could only pick one. Do you know who I'd pick? Do you know? Do you know? And they'd say, you pick me. I was like, you're right. I'd pick you every single time. Why? Because I want them to know I accept them. I love them. At whatever age they're at, I still say this. They roll their eyes, but it's okay. The other thing I tell them all the time is that you're my favorite. I tell all three of them, you're my favorite. You're so awesome. Why? Because I want them to argue about it at my funeral. (laughs) Dad really thought I was his favorite. I want that because I want them to know they're accepted and they're loved. They need time, not quality time versus quantity time. Quality time in generous quantity. How do kids spell love? T-I-M-E. That's the reality of it. I know you're all those positions we mentioned earlier. You're exhausted. I get it. But time matters. And so invest that. Make sure that you're helping your kid eat. Encouragement, acceptance, and time. So what am I doing to enhance my relationship with my kids? No matter their life stage, they could be gone 
What are you doing to enhance your relationship with your kid? That's the relational lens that I want us to be thinking through, wrestling with. So tonight, it may simply be, what is that? What would it look like to, to take one step between now and the end of the year to say, I want to enhance my relationship with my kid a little bit more? What would that look like for maybe each one? How do you go about doing that? Now, I know for some of you, you may have like an estranged relationship with an adult child that you've raised, you invested in, in just either by their choices or circumstances that happen or whatever it may be, things are estranged. And, and I know you hear a message like this and you go, well, yeah, my situation sucks and, and I don't know how to fix it. And, and I don't have any easy answers for that except a whole lot of prayer. God never gives up on you. He never gives up on your child. Pray like crazy. And the second piece of advice I'd give you just having been a youth pastor for so many years and investing in people was just serve your way back in. Jack, I raised them for 18 years. I served them for 18 years, yeah, but you lost influence. And right now you sit in a seat where you don't have influence. And so the only way I know to get it back is to serve again. And over time, maybe earn the right to begin to have a voice and to begin to have influence back into your kid's life. Relationships matter. So what are you doing to enhance your relationship with your kid? They may be at this stage, okay? And you got size and position, that's great. Use it while you got it. But don't let it only be that because you wanna build a quality of relationship because size and position isn't gonna last. It's gonna transition over time. So what are you doing to enhance the relationship with your kids? And begin asking yourself that simple question and just praying, God, show me. How do I go about doing that? And so that's the invitation tonight, real simple as that. What, God, what do you want me to do to enhance my relationship with my kids? What's one thing that you feel like the Holy Spirit's nudging your heart to say, here's where I'd love for you to focus? Um, and maybe part of that is just a healthy, godly challenge for some kids that are, are, are squirrely or are struggling. Maybe that's just more time. Uh, I, I don't know if that is just, hey, you know what? I feel like I've been communicating with size and position, and, and I, I want to be different than that. I want to work on our relationship. And maybe it's just communicating that and asking questions. One way that you can begin to have influence into adult children that maybe it's just have a relationship checkup where you're just asking a lot of questions. Not like in an interrogation style. Uh, and I have a default to go there. Uh, I interrogate really well, my own kids, and I need to learn to let that go more. But just asking, how can I be praying for you? What, are there some big things that you have to make or big decisions you have to make and how can I pray for you in the next couple weeks for that? Or what can I do to help? with that. Just asking those questions. What can I do to enhance my relationship with my kid? And so I want to pray over you and for over us that we would have healthy, godly relationships. I love seeing our kids in here worship with us and, and know that they're being poured into and invested into and, and kept safe and to be told about Jesus. And we want to be a church that partners with you in that. But you have the heavy lifting in that. It's not our job. It's your job. We want to be a partner in that. But it's a challenge, I know. It's not easy. So what are you doing to enhance your relationship with your kid? 
Just ask yourself that question. Begin thinking and praying through it that way. How, how can I grow in that? How can I grow in that? The, as we move toward a time of communion, uh, I love remembering the fact that I don't have to parent alone. That's the beautiful reminder we have as we celebrate Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection. It's not just that we have life and we have eternity secured with him, but we have like every day secured with him and that we have every day empowered by him to be a better parent or to be a better future parent or to invest into the next generation the way that you can, the best way that you can. And so I wanna just lead us in a time of prayer, maybe the first 10 seconds here, just quiet. Think about, okay, what can I do to enhance my relationship with my kid? Take 10 seconds and just think, God, what would that look like? Father, we are so grateful that you ectrefo for us, that you build into, you nourish, you nurture into our relationship with you. I can speak for me. I don't know how you put up with me sometimes. But I'm grateful that you have this reckless love that never abandons, that never leaves, continually pursues, that I might be known as your kid, through faith in Jesus. That that's my position. It's not based on my performance. It's based on what you say I am. And so we linger in that as we take communion tonight, as we remember Jesus, your body broken, your blood shed on behalf of us, that we might have life with you, God, through trust and faith in your son, Jesus. I uh, thank you for the ways throughout scripture that you model wisdom and insight. I, I pray for each parent here, current parent and future parent. Father, would you give them the strength and the wisdom that's needed for such a task? Would you give them evolving insight on how best to, to minister to each one of their kids, to invest in them and to grow a quality relationship that they might have influence all the days of their life? If influence has been lost, Father, I pray that you would re-engage that relationship and that in, in a mysterious and miraculous way, would you rebuild influence, not to control, to be, to be a confidant, to be a coach, to be a friend, to be a parent that cares. So, Father, this week, as we wrestle with just this one question, what are we doing to enhance our relationship with our kid? I pray for each parent here that you'd whisper maybe one insight, one next step for them. As we take communion, we remember that we're empowered in faith through your grace to be the best we could possibly be. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name.